0: Hi everyone, I'm Dee
1: and I'm Alex
0: and together we're DNA
1: and you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast.
0: We know that men and women are different in many ways, but how do we use that knowledge to help us in our relationships?
1: Well Dee, some people say that men and women are from completely different planets, so how on earth do we manage to make things work in relationships? Let's explore that in this episode titled, The Gender Agenda.
0: Yes, how on earth indeed, how on earth do men and women connect on this earth, (laughs) in this realm, given that You know, there's a lot of evidence to show that men and women are quite different.
1: Besides the obvious, obviously.
0: Besides the obvious physical differences, clearly we won't go over the biology in terms of physicality. Um, And even that can vary with, um, you know, some people being born intersex, where they have the genitalia of both sexes. But we're not going to really talk about that today.
1: I'm (laughs) intersex. No. (laughs) Not what you were talking about. Why
0: didn't I see that one coming? (laughs) But what I I want to talk about today is the differences that... um, Look, traditionally, the differences between men and women have worked out um, due to the differences in roles that men and women play in traditional marriages. So men being the provider, um, going out to work... Coming home, men being uh, sorry, women being the nurturers and looking after the family and cleaning, and you know, supporting their partner. And the differences that we're going to talk about today kind of worked in that um, that time and those role uh, delineations, I guess. The definitions,
1: Um, which are now a lot more blurred than they used to be.
0: That's right; they are a lot more blurred. So, where where? How do we make these differences work for us? Um, and the first step is understanding that there is somewhat of a difference. Somewhat? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities too, but um, just understanding them might help um, some couples to uh, resolve some of those issues, to to move towards some under- a better understanding of each other.
1: Can I say that when I was growing up, I looked at boys and girls... We're the same, we're just a little bit different, but as I've got older, i've got to see, wow, we are really different mm-hmm. in so many ways, and you know we'll probably touch on those, like the way we process information, yeah. the way we feel about things, the way we approach things, yeah, um and yeah, we are almost from different planets mm. in some respects,
0: yeah, and um. I guess you're referring to uh, John Gray, the famous book um, "Men Are from Mars and Women Are from Venus," and um, you know that was originally published in 1992, I think, and it was it was actually really well received because what he was able to do is really identify and break down uh, the details around how men think and communicate. Um, and what their needs are, as opposed to how women think and communicate. Now, not everybody agrees with everything that he wrote, and maybe it's a little bit outdated now in, you know, 2018. Um, However, there's a lot of uh, things I do like about what he wrote, and there's a lot of benefits in in exploring those. So I thought we could look a little bit at, at that today as well.
1: Sure. Does this mean I've got to come out of my cave?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. No so worries. you need to be out of your man cave.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right.
0: <laughs> In order for us to have this discussion, um, let's start with the what's going on with our brains and our hormones, because clearly, if we've got different physicality, different biology, that's going to impact on how we do things. So I thought it's worth looking at that. And then we can go on to some of John Gray's um, ideas and theories around men and women Mm. and their differences. So two areas of the brain I'd like to look at. The first one is the differences in the way we process information and the differences in in our brains. Men have smaller brains? No. What?
1: (laughs) What? I didn't get the memo. I
0: just thought I'd, you know, throw that one in. No, well... Um, the male brain actually focuses uh, the, – sorry, the male brain utilises nearly seven times more grey matter for activity, so physical activity, while the female brain utilises nearly ten times more white matter. Now, what what does that all mean?
1: I don't know. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> well, it does <laughs> matter. So the, the grey matter areas are information action processing centres, and they're in different parts of the brain. Um, and. Because they're in different parts of the brain, it can often mean that men tend to have tunnel vision when they're doing something, an activity or a task.
1: Uh-oh. Is or this building that multitasking yes, argument, is it? yeah.
0: So once they're deeply engaged in an activity, it could be even playing a game, you know, on um, PlayStation or whatever games that they play. Um they they really struggle with demonstrating sensitivity to other people around them because they're single-minded focus on that activity. Mm. Would you agree with that, Alex?
1: Um, yeah, I'm just <laughs> focusing on something else right now.
0: <laughs> so whereas the white matter is the networking grid uh, that connects the brain's grey matter and other processing centres, so it's about um, the connecting parts of the brain so this profound brain processing difference between men and women mean that the grey white matter difference can often explain why females are great multitaskers, while men excel in highly task focused projects. Mm-hmm. So you've you've probably seen those images of women, like drawings or, or graphics of women with a baby in one arm, a telephone in another hand. They're um, they've got something cooking on the pot. They've got um, other kids that they're dealing with, so they're they're you know obviously their energy is split between multiple things, and there's an image of a man doing one thing,
1: but doing it really well, but
0: doing it really well <laughs> exactly, so it, one's not better than the other, it's just a difference, yeah, and I think that's important because um I guess the main thing I'd like people to get out of this discussion is that um, just because there are differences it doesn't mean like I said, one is better than the other. It just is really about acceptance that if this difference is part of someone's makeup, part of how their brain functions, there's not a lot they can do about it other than to develop, you know, the skills in, in other areas. So, um, you know, it, I think it's a helpful way to think about it.
1: So does this, I mean, does this explain maybe why men and women gravitate possibly towards different careers or different jobs? Because their physicality makes them more predisposed to working more comfortably in a certain job than another. I'm not saying that you can't work in multiple fields, hmm. but does it explain why there's a predisposition possibly?
0: I think so, because there's no reason why um, men can't develop more multitasking abilities and women can't develop the ability to focus on one task and, and do it really, really well. It, it's just that naturally, you're right, they gravitate towards those careers that, that are kind of naturally one or the other. And maybe talking about hormones might be helpful as well. So... Um, so that our brains process the same neurochemicals, but men and women um, differ in the, the degree with which they they um, they process those neurochemicals. So, for example, uh, you've got testosterone. Clearly, men yeah. and women both have those. <laughs> yeah, just in different amounts. proportions. Yeah, and processed differently. But testosterone often is known as the sex hormone. Um, or aggression chemical. And women have a lot of the estrogen, which is a female growth and reproductive chemical. Um, And then there's the other hormone that's important is oxytocin, which is the bonding relationship chemical.
1: I like that one. Oxytocin. That's the feel-good one, isn't it?
0: That's the feel-good one, yeah. Um, So essentially males on average tend to be less inclined to sit still for as long as females can And tend to be more physically impulsive and aggressive because of, um, you know, processing more testosterone in their, in their system. Um, however, males process less of the bonding chemical oxytocin than females. So the main difference here is, or the main takeaway from this is to realize that males at times need different strategies for managing stress. Um, than females do. And I see this often I, when I work with young people, uh, teenagers, the young girls can manage their stress by talking through the, you know, what's happened, how they feel about it, what are some, you know, ways of managing it, and they de stress in that way. Um, and, you know, the, as they're talking, they're bonding. So the oxytocin, um, hormone is 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 playing a part in that that process whereas men or young boys young men i should say um don't seem to benefit as much from that conversation but they may benefit from physical activity so being able to sit still and have a conversation is not necessarily a good stress management technique hmm. for young men um And that's why a lot of them play sport or do something, some sort of physical activity because it's a nice stress release. Right. Okay. Hmm. Keeping in mind, I don't want people to think that these are hard and fast rules. They
1: are generalizations, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Look, it is a very generic approach. And I know men that love sitting and talking, sitting still and talking and talking through and working things out as they talk. And I know women that love to be physical and active and find that a, a fantastic stress release as well.
1: Yeah. Because we are complex beings, aren't we?
0: That's right. So, Alex, if you were to share a little bit about how you manage your stress, which one do you fall under?
1: Um, yeah, I'd like to dance it off. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge you to a dance-off.
0: A dance-off. So dance-off your stress.
1: Yeah, yeah. Physical activity, I wouldn't go out and play a game of tennis just if I was stressed. I think Mm. I would, but then sitting still if I was stressed, I I don't think that would work for me either. Mm. I think I'd need to be doing some, even going for a walk would do it. Yeah. Mm.
0: And for me, I know that, um, you know, I I tend to process it, uh, you know, in isolation for a little while, but ultimately, I need to talk to someone about it and talk through the issues. And it's a really good form of de stressing. That's why I often catch up with friends over coffee, and we talk about you. No, what? we talk about what? <laughs> we what? talk about all you know issues that that are impacting on us in our lives. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, John, uh, John Gray. Gray. I was going to say John Mars. <laughs> Fifty <laughs> Shades <that>. of <laughs> um, So, yeah, so he, um, he talked a lot about men's deepest fears and women's deepest fears. Mm. So that's interesting. Um, so we might go over those. So if we focus on men, he talked about essentially his focus with his work was that men and women are different in how they communicate they have to learn how to meet each other halfway. So this is where it's helpful. If this is a style of communicating that your partner adopts, then understanding it and then trying to meet them halfway with it rather than blaming them for their style.
1: And this is very similar to what we talked about in attachment styles where you can be an island who likes to be a bit of a loner Hmm. But you, if you're in a relationship with someone who's not that way inclined, i.e. an anchor, then you need to find some middle ground or a way to still communicate to that other style. And mm. I guess in this way, men and women need to understand what does the other one need from you to make it work? Like, how do they need to receive that information? How do you need to talk or communicate to make them feel like they're being heard mm. and that sort of thing.
0: I think the 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 analysis that John Grey has gone through, um, and when he wrote his book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, I, I, I think is still really relevant today. And um he's sort of broken down, like I said, what men are thinking and what their deepest needs are.
1: What am I thinking right now, Dee?
0: Right now you're thinking what's she gonna say next? <laughs> and hopefully she doesn't um an ar ah. <laughs> Oh. As oh. I do. <laughs> um, no. Okay. I shouldn't do that because he hates editing that out. Uh, so let's go on to what are men's deepest fears? So the deepest fears is obviously there's lots of fears and lots of anxiety around different issues, but within a relationship, he says that men's deepest fear is of being incompetent and not good enough. And men are afraid of giving, um, giving in general with the fear of um, risking sorry, let me say that again men are afraid of giving as they risk failure when giving. Does that make sense?
1: Mm.
0: so if i if i I'm gonna give it's it's about being vulnerable and if I'm really open and vulnerable, then I'm at risk so they tend to um some men tend tend to sort of stop giving as a result okay. Interesting theory. Hmm. And women's biggest fears, can you guess what this is in a relationship?
1: Um, Well, not being loved.
0: Yeah, well done. You get two stars. Awesome. So women, (laughs) uh, I shouldn't say that, sounds patronizing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want three stars. (laughs)
0: Um, So women's biggest fear is uh, of the fear of not being worthy of love and almost afraid of um, getting too much, afraid of getting exactly what they want. So there's a fear of not being supported and sometimes women might unknowingly push away that support, um, which can end up making women feel rejected and turn away from their partner. So that's interesting. So men feel empowered when they feel needed and trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, and women feel empowered when they feel cherished and cared for. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so. It's really important that men feel needed because, um, particularly with, we're having this conversation at work about single women, and you know, single intelligent women that earn a lot of money. They have a, you know, um, their own home. A group of friends, their interests, and you know where is the space for a partner, and how is a partner coming into their lives going to feel like they have a part to play and feel needed? So that's something to think about for women. And the, on the other side, the flip side for women, they do need to feel cherished and cared for, so that. Um, you know, they, they'll accept that person into their lives. This is where often things go off the rails because men do that initially in the courtship stage and then they drop the ball somewhere along the line. Um, and with these, with these two uh, ways of feeling empowered for men and women, if you can keep that in mind at all times, then it's I guess it's like a superpower to make your partner feel amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pull out my cape.
0: Pull out your cape and focus on cherishing and caring.
1: Yes, I have a big C on my chest.
0: And (laughs) then I can focus on needing you and trusting you.
1: If you need to need me, that's fine. I love a good (laughs)
0: massage. (laughs) Massage, okay. Um, What else? What else can we look at what men need and what women need? Um, You mentioned the man cave before.
1: Well, that's isn't that John Gray talks about that, that men need to retreat into their little sanctum to have time away Mm. to be, um, I don't know, just to be alone or to do their own thing um, and then come back out and feel, I guess, refreshed when they enter back into the relationship space again.
0: Yeah, so men generally, he says that men um, dealing with problems uh, tend to, withdraw. And he calls that the man cave. Um, Go sit by themselves and avoid communication. So they're sort of processing their um, problem and processing the solution by themselves before they can come out and start communicating about it.
1: And we touched on that again in a previous episode about seeking professional help, Hmm. that men are maybe more likely to not seek help because they feel the need to Solve things on their own.
0: So when you put that up against a woman and how they solve problems, it's almost the other extreme. So women tend generally tend to need to talk through issues before they come up with solutions. Men like to go work out a solution, then talk about it. So you can imagine when you've got two people that, uh, I guess, use those styles in such a distinctive way, when you've got those two coming together, what happens?
1: Mm, so one retreats, the other one goes and seeks uh, friends to speak to, and um, yeah, very different styles, I guess.
0: Mm. And that's how people can feel isolated in a relationship. So acknowledging um, when you know if you have a partner and he's he's retreating, and acknowledging the need for that is important and giving the time and space for that but also you know welcoming them back so to speak when they come out of that retreat and they're ready to to communicate
1: so we're talking about men and women being significantly different in some areas and obviously not that different in other areas how do men and women get it together in a relationship when these differences exist how do we how do we understand the other sex and 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 know what they need and know how we should be to fulfill those needs.
0: Well this is where time spent with your partner getting to know their style of not only communicating but also sorting out problems. Um, when you recognize the style and and you've experienced it a few times, uh, you ha- I think you need to respect it you respect that that's how they manage issues. Now, I'm not saying that's always the best way to manage an issue because sometimes, um, you know, someone's style might be dysfunctional and that might not be helpful to the relationship. But generally understanding that, um, you know, men are often uh, what we call fix-it, Mr. Fix-its. So if they hear a problem that their partner or, or woman presents to them, they want to go into fix it mode. Women get very, very frustrated with with that because of their need to talk through and find a solution eventually. But that the process is not about finding solutions. The process is really about venting.
1: And it's really interesting because that means men and women are at odds when it comes to a situation like that. Yes. Because the guy says I know how we fix this. We just do this. Hmm. And the woman says, well, no, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Exactly. And and
0: the, men, the man says, but I just listened to what you said and I'm trying to help you. Yeah.
1: And then it just escalates and we don't get a resolution. We just get tension and frustration.
0: Hmm. So what ends up happening in that scenario is the man feels unappreciated, which is his biggest fear. Yeah. And the woman feels unsupported, which is her biggest fear.
1: So how do we... I'm not going to say how do we fix that problem <laughs> because that's there the wrong the thing to it. say. But how do we solve that?
0: Well, part of it is understanding that if you're a man and your partner um, has, a, has an issue, just shut up and listen. <laughs> We did in our previous episode that we called "Shut up and talk to me in this case, if your partner is venting, let her vent mm. and it 's not really about you it 's about her needing to just offload the remember you know, if you remember what I said about the the women 's brain there 's a lot of connection, and because white matter is really the part of the brain that 's connecting from to different parts of the brain. They're making connections as they're talking about what all this means to them. Mm. It's really important part of their, um, what, what's the word, emotional release.
1: But can you see how for a guy it can be frustrating because he's got the answer. He's got the solution right here. Look, this is what we need to do to fix this problem. Mm. And she's saying, no, this, 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 and this, and let me just say what I need to say. Mm. And so... Yeah, you can understand the other side, but it can still be frustrating.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not saying, yeah, frustration is often part of it because this is this is why we're talking about this topic. Men come at things from a different angle, women come at things from a different angle. Um, but understanding it is the key. It's like um I'm trying to think of an analogy that that might help. It's it's like going out to buy ice cream. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your face because you're going, where's she going with this? Um, It's like going out and buying your favorite flavor for your partner of mint choc chip, but your partner hates mint. Mm -hmm. So how is that helpful?
1: Who hates mint?
0: Let's just say. (laughs) Okay. So to make your partner happy, you need to think about what flavor is their favorite flavor. What what are they into when it comes to ice cream? (laughs) Okay. And it could be, um, you know, double chock.
1: I think, chock. We're, done. I think we're done with the <laughs> ice cream analogy.
0: Enough with the ice cream analogy. Well, it's kind of the same thing. What is it that your partner needs right now? We're talking about an emotional issue or a problem that you're trying to communicate about. So it's frustrating for the woman too because, you know, often women will say, why can't he just talk about it? Why can't he just, you know, communicate? Because he's in
1: his man cave.
0: Because he's in his man cave, either literally, like he's gone to his, um, office or the garage or the shed or wherever, or he's shut down and he's He's in a metaphorical man cave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but women need to be patient and wait for them to come out of that and go, Hey, I've figured out what I need to do. So it's a bit isolating for the woman. To, to kind of wait and be patient until he works it out. So
1: it's, look, it's give and take on both sides. The guy needs to let the woman say what she needs to say and the woman needs to let the man go into his cave, come out again and then discuss it then, not follow him into the cave and say, no, I haven't finished talking to you yeah.
0: yet. Yeah, exactly. So look, we're, we are simplifying a lot of these issues but... Ultimately, men are needing trust, acceptance, appreciation, admiration, approval and encouragement. And that comes from really appreciating what they've achieved, done, how they've solved a problem, how they've, you know, come to a resolution. And women are looking for caring, understanding, respect, devotion, validation and reassurance. So more support. So solving a problem isn't necessarily support. Support is saying, yeah, that sucks. You're going through a hard time. Um, How can I help you? And, you know, it could be a matter of just sitting, listening, and then giving a hug. It's not that hard.
1: Uh, I love (laughs) hugs.
0: (laughs) So here are some um, mistakes, the top three mistakes that men and women tend to make when they're, Communicating and they're kind of, you know, trying to communicate in a way that um, they understand rather than their partner needs.
1: Can we do it as a countdown? Coming in at number three. Number
0: three. The top three mistakes women make when they're relating to men. Um, so they try to improve him or his behavior with unsolicited, unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole. You know, I I know he's like this, but I can fix him. I can make him better.
1: I've never heard of that before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Number two, they complain about what he hasn't done and doesn't appreciate what he has done. Mm -hmm. And number three, they correct him in his behavior as if he were a child. And men love that, don't they?
1: Absolutely. I'll go and stand in the corner now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the top three mistakes that men make in relation to women's needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these are the ways that, that men tend to think um, and it really frustrates women. They minimize the importance of her feelings and needs. So this is the listening part. Yeah. Yeah? He listens but then he blames her for bringing him down. hmm And the third one is after listening, he says nothing and then he splits. Yeah. He goes off. So this is where women feel abandoned in that moment because they're waiting for the support and the, you know, the the signs of um, encouragement, but he doesn't know what to do, so he just goes off. Yeah.
1: Well, they're not good things.
0: They're not good things, and I guess that they're the things to avoid. Um, but I, I think if you, let's simplify, if you keep in mind that Men need – if we go back to what we said right at the beginning.
1: Hi, and welcome to the (laughs) DNA. No, not that far back.
0: So men need to feel needed and trusted and appreciated for what they've achieved. Mm -hmm. And women need to feel cherished and cared for. And I'm trying to simplify it as much as possible. How that looks in every relationship is different. So – well, let's use you as an example because you're the every man, Alex. Really?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm the every woman. You're the every man. Right. So, how do you feel needed and trusted? What are some ways that you appreciate being shown that?
1: Um, well, I think it's about being told and shown that you've done good things, and that uh, even when you slip up, that that doesn't. Uh, write off all the other good stuff that you've done. And I think that's Mm. the main thing that you don't, um, minimize all the other good things when something comes up. Um, yeah, I think that's all, that's all I need is just to be told that, yeah, you've done good stuff. Great. And to feel, as you said, to feel needed and wanted and Mm. that you've contributed and that you are, um, that you are respected and, and again, it's the whole thing of where do men fit in now in a relationship, you know? Mm. And it's so, whilst a woman can be very independent and not need a man in the old tradi- traditional sense, but that he still feels needed, mm. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Can you give an actual example? I knew you are and- going to do that.
1: <laughs> um, well, I don't mean that he needs to come and fix the dryer. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about, um, um, I don't know, when we've talked about stuff around your business, your consulting business and that sort of thing, where that's an area that I've got some um, experience in Mm -hmm. and I can contribute and that's welcomed and I feel, yeah, well, I've contributed, I've made a difference and hopefully it's been helpful Mm. and you show me that 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 is helpful.
0: Yeah, that's a good example because that's a strength of yours and you've been able to help me out when it comes to technology and business and marketing and, you know, all those areas because I'm not very business-minded. But, um yeah, I've been – I think I've been able to show my appreciation yeah. for, for your help with that area and that I trust you in that area. And when it comes to me – Uh, feeling cherished and cared for, I guess, you know, the hugs and really help, hugs and kisses, but also the words of affirmation, the words that that show me that you care and that I'm important. So, you know, these are the two things I'd like people to take away from this episode, the things that really make men feel good about themselves and the things that make women feel good about themselves.
1: Yeah, and that we should all aspire to try and give the other significant person in our lives, those things that we know are what they seek and what Mm. they need rather than what we think they need.
0: So, Alex, we might actually, it just reminded me that it would be good to talk about love languages in another episode and everybody has a dominant love language.
1: I do. I have Spanish and French (laughs) 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 Ooh-la-la. La. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we might leave that for another episode, but for now...
1: Well, this whole, this whole topic of gender issues is huge. Yeah. So we've only really just scratched the surface, and I'm sure there's many more episodes we'll be covering on physical, emotional, um, relationship-wise, uh, of how men and women are different. But right now, we're the same, because we both are going to say... See you later. Goodbye. Bye. If you like this episode, then please consider subscribing to find out whenever a new episode drops. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. That's a little purple button on your iPhone, iTunes or Stitcher. You can, of course, go to our website at www.thednaofmindfulrelationships.com or our Facebook page, where you can like us and share our show with your friends. Send us an email to info at mindfulrelationships.com and ask us questions or give us feedback or maybe suggest some ideas for some upcoming shows. We look forward to catching you next time and until then, stay mindful.